everyone. This is Dennis Coralina, a good buddy of mine. Uh, some backstory. His name used to be Coronel, but he got married. And what was her What was her last name? Andalina. Andalina. You combined it. And now it's Coralina. Yeah. Honestly, coolest yeah, thing I've heard in like the longest time. We kind of mess everyone up. We, we just ruined our family tree, basically. Dude, oh, yeah. <laughs> just start it over. Um, anyways, some, some quick backstory for everybody. Dennis is a good buddy of mine. It's actually been like a minute since we talked, which bums me out. We need to talk more. But um, OG member of that pitch, sync producer extraordinaire, lands shit literally all the time. We're both a huge fan of Jeff Staple, and we wear uh, all of his gear. That's how we initially got tight. Um Anyways, love you to bits, bud. I'm I'm so glad you're here, man. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Everything's good. Just you know, living life, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> every day's uh, the same. <laughs> when we um guys, when we got uh, when we first started chatting today, um, I'm like extremely tired right now. Um, Dennis seems pretty tired too because you have a newborn. Yes, I do. So He's we're up. both just I'm exhausted. Now. God, wow, yeah, we're just exhausted dudes right now, dude. <laughs> Um, well, anyways, um, you just landed a track. Uh, we're going to listen to that, but, um, you're really active in the sync world, dude. Like everybody that I know knows you, you're doing stuff for trailers and just a bunch of in-show stuff all the time. You land stuff on that pitch. You're just like killing it all the time. Um, and you're, are you still in Pittsburgh? Yep. Yeah. So, you know, tier two city, again, you're not in the New York or LA. I think you used to be in LA, right? I, I left LA actually. Yeah. <laughs> My man. So, uh, <laughs> did not the only way to do LA is to leave it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody I know who moves to LA within, they're like doing really great in life. Then they move to LA and straight up within three months, they're blonde and they're just like depressed. And I'm like, what? Why did you bleach your hair? What happened? Anyways, um, yeah. well, I wanted to talk about you, your career, how you got started, talk about all of your sync history, all the ass you're kicking. Um, and then we'll listen to your track. Does does that sound good? Sure, sounds great. <laughs> My man. <laughs> All right. So uh, I mean, yeah, I, go for it. I started sync by doing instrumental cues, uh, mostly backgrounds, you know, background music for reality TV shows, sports segments, stuff like that. Um, from there, I started working with more artists, producing artists, and you know, my big my big sell when working and selling, uh, you know, my production skill or production work with artists was that I could get their music synced or I could try to get their music synced. Obviously I couldn't. I remember we, yeah. Shit. Earlier on, we were talking about that a lot actually. Yeah. So that was my draws that I, I, I was doing things, especially in hip hop. I was doing things that most hip hop producers had no idea about, you know, back then. So you could differentiate so was, yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so that was my big draw. And I started working with more artists from there. I started doing more types of music you know, branching out and kind of experimenting everything, very hip hop leaning still, but you know, a little bit more pop, a little bit more EDM, whatever. Um, and just kept growing and growing, you know, working mostly with artists now, and then, you know, still doing a lot of stuff with that pitch. Got it. So when you first kind of like went into the sync world, was it like, I don't know if this was the same for you, but like, I didn't, you know, my dream growing up, like what I just imagined my life to be was not like, oh, I'm going to like make music for film. Like, it's dope. It's dope. Right. But like, I didn't really know about it. I right. just had people start to like, 
like online just messaged me and say, Hey, like, do you do this sort of thing? I was like, Oh, that's what that is. That's sick. Right. Okay, cool. Did, did you make like an active effort, you know, to, okay, cool. Yeah. How did, how no. did that all play out? I, I was going to school for audio engineering and, uh, the school I was going to, had like a conference and one, one of the panels was about sync. And I was like, I have no idea what this is. You know, I'd rather <laughs> learn about something I didn't know than sit in a, you know, sit in a panel about some dumb shit. Here's like, compression. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. My God. Or, yeah. yeah. And so I was just like, Oh, like you just, just like you're like, Oh shit, this is how it's done. You know, um, and, I, and there's money here. Right, there's money here. <laughs> Like, I'm so sick of all these people talking about verb. Where are we going to start talking about rent? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, was, you know, and so one of the, one of the companies was like a major player in the game back then uh, that was on the panel, reached out to them, started submitting music to them. Like a year later, I come home, I check the mail and there's a check from BMI and I'm just like, oh, yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> I can actually dude, make money. I can actually dude, make I, money from this. I don't know. Okay. So my first VMI check was like next to nothing. And I'm like, yeah, of fucking course. Of course it's going to be this. Right. And right. then like my second or maybe my third one, it was like an actual check. And I was like, right. all of the old timers talking about mailbox money. Right. I oh, get it. it. <laughs> I was so busy talking shit. I didn't realize right. there's actually money here. Yeah, I think my first check was like 130 bucks. But like yeah. but like it just kind of like exponentially I, grew from there. You know, it's it's funny. So like real real side tangent. Um in in the sync publishing Matt, whatever space there's like a letter of direction and that just means like this person pays this person and that person pays that person so like music right. licensing companies pay that pitch then that pitch pays out the money 100 percent to the music maker but when you have your writer share on you know under bmi or ascap there isn't a letter of direction through that pitch that goes directly to people i want it that way um, and so I don't always know exactly what people are, are getting paid like on that back end, unless like they tell me and like, I'm getting messages regularly of like quarterly checks of like five or 15 grand. <laughs> I'm, nice, like, yeah. Sick. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's so funny. Cause like you, you know, you grow up and you like learn about like what, you know, mailbox money could be. Right. And then you experience like the early part of your career and you're like, ah, it's all bullshit. No, that's, that does, that's not real. And then it's like, you start going more into your career and like, you just keep going, like, just stay with it. And you're like, oh, it is real. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I'm just glad I'm either too stupid or too stubborn to have stopped. And then, you know, it's, Dude, it's benefited me. Thug life chose us, bro. <laughs> I mean, I, I always say like, honestly, I, so like, I've never had a job. I've always been self-employed in music slash fun employed sort of thing. But, um, <laughs> but like, I, I can't even imagine like trying to work in another direction. I would be such a shitty employee, dude. Like I would yeah. not show up. I would not do the work. It's just, you gotta be obsessed with what you do, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. Cause like, I'm so far removed from that corporate world now. Cause I mean, <laughs> that's what I was before. And like, when I have to like step in to like help someone else do something, I'm oh, like, God. fuck this shit. <laughs> Never again. It's like, I'm, I, dude, I give some really just asinine advice to my friends 
who have like job jobs, right. I give like some truly terrible advice that I think is like, well, this is yeah, how you can negotiate them. this. Like get your salary right. up, you know, a death threat, something like that. And they're like, no, no, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't work. You know, I work at a bank, Mark. <laughs> um, Anyways, uh, I do not condone uh, threatening your boss for a raise. Yeah. Uh, just throwing that out there for anybody. Unless you're on your, your, your own boss. Right, right. Threaten yourself, dude. It's like, yeah. oh, you know, you ever want <laughs> you ever want to like work harder? Just like spend all the money in your bank account. You'll work harder. <laughs> you know? Great, great advice. <laughs> Um, anyways, okay, so you started, uh, so you went to school, you know, took like a sync sort of, uh, there was like a panel or something. Yeah. You're like, oh, there's, there's something going on here. And so what, what was the next step for you? I just started making more and more music. I think I just kind of, I was like, okay, this is working. I need to put my head down and just make as much music as I possibly could, mm -hmm. you know, and then till I could get a better bearing for it. Yep. And then as I was doing that, I was researching more companies, finding more companies to reach out to, you know, developing more relationships with people. And, you know, then that's just a constant cycle. Make, you know, create network, create network, create network. Yep. And, you know, even though there, there are these big libraries, some of these people recognize your name for yep. the quality of work. And it was kind of crazy. One of the companies I worked with before this guy was working there. I guess he was an A&R there. And then he started his own company and had reached out to him sometime last year. And I was like, oh, you know, one of my artists, one of the artists I work with, you know, reached out to you, is working with you. You know, I'd love to work with you as well. He's like, oh, I know your music from my days at this company. And I was just like, that was like five, six years ago. Yeah. That's crazy that you remember my music and just my name attached to that music. Yeah. Yeah, well that that's the thing. It's like I I kind of always tell everybody the first placement is always the hardest. Right. It's always the hardest. But like people remember names, they remember sounds, they remember brands, they remember the experience they had with somebody. And so it just all compounds over time. Like the first couple of years are going to be rough. Right. Like always. For In sure. any business. Like that that's the thing is like, you know, Making music and selling music are two different things. Like, you know, like getting good at your craft, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, uh, people get weird when you're just like, oh, like he's the expert. He's a master of his craft. No, it's like, we're always learning. Yeah. But there, there's like a certain level of proficiency where you can do your work at, on a commercial standard, you know, on a professional standard. Right. Um, and that's really at like 80%. If you can like do your craft to 80%, yeah. there's a, there's a lot of people who do full time at like 80%, but the real, you know, advantage is like people who, you know, are able to really network and constantly ensure everyone around them that they're providing value. Right. And like, I think that's, that's the big separator. Like even like, like I, I don't really have much power within that pitch to clients other than like saying, yeah, he's a homie. I like this guy, you know, like I, right. I don't, it's their budgets. They decide what they get. But even the fact like earlier on, like, I remember you just being like, dude, how can I help? Like, what, yeah. what can I do to make sure like that pitch doesn't, you know, get set on fire sort of shit, <laughs> you know, yeah, how I mean, can that's, I help? That's definitely, that's definitely something we've talked about a lot is, is being of service to people, you know, making yeah. someone's life easier. And just by doing something as simple as that has like yeah, put me way above more talented people, you know, whatever, you know, some people are not talented. People that, no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> Dude, you know, what's funny. I'm not talented at all in what I do. I've just spent hours 
And I just, I make sure that my calendar is available. That's right. All. Right. You know, that's at the end of the day, like, like one of my, one of my buddies, Daryl, sorry, side, this is just going to be just a bunch of side stories. Dude. But one of my buddies, Daryl, Daryl Ron, incredible songwriter. Um, he was actually on Fallon like a couple of weeks ago, but, oh, nice. um, he was my roommate at Berkeley and he played a show down here in Charlotte. And like me and my buddies were like his backing band. And this woman like comes up to him after and she's like, Daryl, you just have such a gift. You are so gift. And he was like, thank you very much. And then he looks over at me. He's like, I don't really know a gift you cry over for 10 years, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, none of, none of this is fancy. Like you're just, no. you're just working. But uh, to go back, like earlier on, you were just always like, how can I help? What are clients looking for? Are there certain things that are, you know, turning them off to certain parts of the catalog? And like, even outside of that, is there anybody I can connect you to? You know, it wasn't just about the music and like, you know, it's not like I have the ability to just say, yes, you're going to land this. But like, right. if somebody asks me, like, hey, what do you think about, you know, Dennis, Coral, Carolina, Angelina sort of thing? Um, I'll say, yeah, I fuck with him. He's the best, you know? And it's simple as that. And sometimes yeah. that, that's all it takes, you know? Um, but anyways, so you focused on networking a lot. What were the earlier days kind of in sync? What did that look like? How were you networking? Were you... All of it was through email. Perfect. You know? I fucking yeah. love this kind of story. Uh, yeah. Go. That, that was my... It's, it's so funny. I avoided going to conferences and stuff like that because I was having more success emailing people and just writing yep. the right email can change the way someone looks at you. Uh, Actually, my, my friend, I was talking to my friend about this yesterday. We, I don't know what it is, what we say, but people seem to gravitate towards our emails mm -hmm. than like our other friends. So like another friend reached out to another, the same companies we work with and they got passed over mm. and yet we didn't. And it's just like, well, what's the difference, you know? Uh, the two friends actually work on music together. So it's not that there's a quality difference there because they're, they're making similar music or whatever, but we're like, it's gotta be what you're saying in your email. It's gotta be how you're presenting yourself, you know? SoundCloud yeah. link. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Not what up, homie, take my music, here it is. <laughs> Yo, this would be great under a film. Right. <laughs> like, so what, what did you say in your emails that was different? I think I'm just, I, I try to be friendly, but professional, you know? Like I, yeah. I want to treat people like humans and I want to, like you said, make it sound like I'm, I want to be of service to them. It's not about mm -hmm. me. My emails are never about me other than if you want, here's some music to listen to, you know? Yep. That all of like, all of like my cold messages, cause sometimes it's email, sometimes it's LinkedIn, sometimes it's Instagram, sometimes it's Facebook. Um, you know, the way that I kind of always do any like cold outreach, so to speak, is I literally just talk about that person. I just say, right. hey, so-and-so, just want to let you know, I'm a massive fan of in-state work that you're generally a fan of that they were a part of. I really love how you've approached this by doing blah, blah, blah. Um, anyways, just wanted to state that general, general admirer of what you're up to. Um, if you're ever in Charlotte or New York, I'd love to you know, get a coffee or feel free to hit me up anytime. Here's my number. You know, yeah. some people don't respond. Some people say, where'd you get my email? And some people are like, <laughs> dude, oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Let's get on a call. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you're best friends. Right. You know? Exactly. Um, but I think people in our industry, like we're in a very emotional industry, right? Like nobody's here out of logic. No. <laughs> nobody's here because it makes sense. <laughs> 
we make sense out of the chaos that is we're the all, yeah, we're all slightly crazy <laughs> oh i dude i thrive in the chaos yeah but um because of that, there's actually something that's really powerful about being in the music industry is because everyone is here really based off of emotion, right? And we're all lucky to be here and we know that. We're very, we have a very high emotional intelligence. So like, let's say you're in the accounting industry or something, right? And it's, nobody's, some people are, but not many people are very passionate about being there. It's very transactional, like, hey, how's this going? Blah, blah, can we do this? Whereas in our industry, people know if you genuinely are in it for their best interest right. and vice versa. Everyone can smell, um, everybody can smell like if you're not being genuine from a mile away. Right. And um, I find that a lot in the music tech space because there's people who like are not from music at all, have no history in music whatsoever. And they're like, yeah, I have a startup idea and they're going to sell it for $10 million. I'm like, okay there, bud, calm down. Right? <laughs> you know, like calm down there, buddy. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you were really in the music industry, you would have been talking about laundering drugs. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Every, every, yeah, that was, uh, that's funny that you say that. Cause that was like one of the biggest things I learned early when I started collaborating is being able to like sniff out all of that bullshit mm -hmm. and be like, have a whole conversation with someone. They sounded excited. As soon as I got off the phone, I was like, they're never, I'm never going to hear from them ever again. Right. Oh yeah. Well also, you know, that's also a big reason why I choose to live in Charlotte and probably why you choose to live in Pittsburgh is like, there's some, you know, music stuff going on here. There's some people in the industry, but it's not like a music industry town. Right. And so when I meet somebody at a show or a club or at a studio, nobody's stating to you, they're going to be the next Justin Bieber. You right. know, there's no psychos <laughs> in the building. They're just like, yeah, man, like I'm really excited because like I'm able to pay my rent through this now. It's really cool. I got a show next week. Why don't you come? I'll give you a VIP pass. Like that's everyone's just yeah. excited to be here and there's like no ego. It's like, wow, I get to do this. How dope is that? Yeah. You know, I don't have to work at a deli in it. Like that's right, cool. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyways, when um so you were you were networking for a while, trying to provide as much value as you can. There's um there's a book that I really love called The Tipping Point. Um, and just by viewing from the outside, I feel like your career has grown dramatically in the past couple of years. Was there a point where it's like, oh, there's like, I'm getting momentum here. You know what I'm saying? Um, explain kind of leading up to that um, and when a lot of that started uh, accruing for you and what did it take to kind of get there? I think, well, so I think I had two tipping points in the two different like aspects of my sync career, I guess. So when I was doing mostly instrumental cues, it was kind of interesting. I went to a conference. I had talked to some guy, emailed them a couple of times, never heard from them, went about my life. I think it was like six months later, I get this random phone call and I'm like, ah, it's not in my phone. I'm not picking this up. <laughs> so I let it go to voicemail, goes to voicemail. And he's just like, hey, I got your number from the guy that never responded to me. And I'm starting a <laughs> library. I wanted to see, I, I noticed we we're from the same home, like same city. Do you want to like, do you want to help me create this library? And I was like, oh shit. I was like, let me call yeah. this guy back. And I call him back and I'm just like, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm down. Whatever you need, let me know. I can crank out stuff. You know, I'll dedicate my next three months to helping you build this catalog or whatever. So I did. And like one of his biggest clients was Access Hollywood. And then oh, wow. they were, they were using two, three, four cues an episode almost 
every episode. And then that just kind of like took off. I was working a full-time job at that point. Okay. Full-time job started getting in the way and I just said, fuck it. I was like, yep. I'm, what's the worst case scenario? I go back to a full-time job. Right. So it kind of, it kind of just pushed it, me. I was like, well, now I have no it, income. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, <laughs> dude, it's, you know, some of the, um, I, and I've talked about this, like in some other interviews, but like, I just, I, I kind of always try to think about this, like in my personal life and professional life is like having fuck it moments where like, you've just had enough. And it, you know, from a, from a professional perspective, it's like, you know, I'm really sick of dealing with this kind of client or I'm sick of right. not getting customers or I'm sick of doing this as opposed to this. Right. Well, you know, this isn't the healthiest thing. It's actually a pretty brute way about going about it. But man, if you just stop, you're going to figure something out. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's sink it's or like, swim. I mean, yeah, it's like in relationships. <laughs> like, you know, I'm happily married now, my beautiful wife, Shira. But, um, you know, I was with crazy women before. <laughs> like, and, uh, you know, you have a moment where you're just like, the hell am I doing? Right. And then right. you just say, hey, this is not working out and it's not going to wish you well. And then you turn off your phone. But like, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, Change those locks. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you when you finally have kind of like a self, those are like self-actualization moments. And I feel like there's a lot of people in that want to pursue music that are out there that are stuck at a job that they hate or whatever. And listen, I'm not telling you to just quit your job and just go for it because music does take a while. But when you really put yourself in a position where you have to make it work, you make it work. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know how else to state that. And like, you know, when you're self-employed music, right? Um, you have to just make it work sometimes. And you, you do. And it can be stressful at times. But the difference is, is like, if you have a steady paycheck, you know, at a nine to five, there's times where you can really just like kind of coast. Yeah. But in music, you have to, you know, at a certain point, you get to a level where it's like, all right, all the money's coming in. But like the first like plenty of years, mm -hmm. plenty of years, it's going, unless you like don't get strategic about it and realize that you're dealing with some shit, <laughs> you know, um, you're, you're going to have a, a couple of years where it's like, I'm learning quick. You know, they're called, yeah. they're expensive lessons is what I, what I call them. And you don't have to have an expensive lesson. You can, learn from reading you know you can learn from little steps but you know a really expensive lesson is like quitting your job or i think it's called maybe it's like an expensive skill to learn it's like you really paid a lot to get really good very quickly <laughs> you know yeah yeah so i mean i, what's think, awesome. and I think yeah those and then you know the second moment i guess was when i started doing more vocal you know or working with artists and doing more songs instead of instrumental cues, I was saying yes to everything because I thought I needed a diverse catalog. Mm -hmm. And there was a moment where I said, I don't need this. I was right. like, I don't need, I'm burning myself out, not, you know, and I'm not happy making music anymore or not, you know, some of the, a lot of the stuff I was working on, I wasn't happy doing. And I said, I just started saying no to basically everyone. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm doing less and I'm making more and I'm getting more placements. Uh, like, yep. One song will get way more placements than just one placement per song that I was getting before, whatever. Thousand you know, percent. So it's just, yeah. those are the kind of two moments. Yeah. So what, what is your, you know, real quick, and then I want to listen to the track that you landed. Um, but, you know, what is your day-to-day -day look like right now? Um, just from a music perspective, from a business perspective, how are you going about everything right now? I mean, my day-to-day -day now is basically 
deciding on whether or not I would want to work or play with my baby. <laughs> hell yeah, dude. <laughs> well, dude, that's the goal. It's just lifestyle design. What the hell do you want out of life? You know, right. and just yeah. build a business where you can pursue your passion. You can have a great personal life and you know, I don't, I don't want to be the bearer of good news here, but it's, it's all available in music. And like, exactly. I think for the longest time people have said, you know, it's, it's a risky career. And yeah. I honestly don't think it really is anymore. Like, I mean, I, I, bu- I busted my ass the last yeah. however many years so that I can have the opportunity to just say no when I didn't want to work. Yep. Same. Know? Isn't so, it such like a fun, like power move where you're like, right. Yeah. I don't think, uh, yeah, my, I don't think dude, I'm going to work today. <laughs> dude, my, my go-to um, like if there's a certain company or client that like approaches and I just like, don't think it's the right fit or like somebody there is just like, you know, rubbing me in the wrong way. My go-to line, take this line down, bro. You know, I think this is a great opportunity for someone else. Oh, I love that one. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna, yeah, for sure. I, I got that from my buddy Garrison, who's like one of my business idols, just right. absolute mad genius. And he's like a year older than me. And, uh, just the coolest dude in the world. Um, but he he would say that like about like a business deal. He's like, yeah, you know, I, wow, it's very, very, I'm so honored. That's, ah, this is a great opportunity for someone else. And I'm like, yeah, I need to say, I, I say that in a much more wordy way. I definitely need to just be like, yeah, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, really honored. I think this is a fantastic opportunity for somebody, yeah, for somebody else. else. Anyways, um, so let's listen to the track that you just landed. Um, and then I have a pretty hard cutoff pretty soon. So we'll probably wrap it up pretty quick after oh. that, if that's cool. Sick. All right. So this track is I Feel Numb. Um, not I Feel Dumb. I Feel Numb uh, by Dennis Carolina Angelino. Um, <laughs> Something or other. Sick. It'll be All better right, next time you talk to me. <laughs> cool. Here we go.
again, it's Carolina Angelino in the house. Um, I was very impressed with that fat ass baseline, that fat ass kick and snare, that you know, lovely D fifty on the. Just love that. You did a phenomenal job there, buddy. Um, right, sir. Just a lot, lot of pocket. There wasn't really anything taking away from any potential dialogue. It was just a groove. So much yeah. pocket. Um, yeah, I mean, that was I, a big thing I had to learn, especially for sync, because I used to overproduce the shit out of everything. Just remove as much shit as possible where it still sounds like a song, and that's right. going to land. Yep. Yep. Love it, dude. Um, cool. I, honestly, I don't really want to give much of a critique because it was just pocket. It was just fucking great, man. Thanks. There was just enough there where I, I was bopping. I did, <laughs> I did some Macarena. Um, anyways, so uh, two questions I asked um, before the end of any That Pitch interview on the That Pitch podcast. Um, but uh, And then we'll just wrap it up. Um, first thing, uh, what would you tell anybody pursuing a career in the music industry and in sync, anything? Um, and then number two, uh, where can people find you online? Um what to tell someone make people li- makes make people's lives easier i think that's the biggest thing that i've done that has overcome any sort of talent that i do or do not have you know just make people's lives easier people will want to work with you because you're easy to work with that's like a big 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 deal especially in sync where turnaround is a lot quicker than most things you know mm-hmm. um as far as where to reach me it's soulless mind uh it's on everything so s o u l p l u s m i n d yes did I spell that right? <laughs> you did. So. Round, of, round of applause. I got samples in this bitch. Um, anyways, nice. dude, thank you so much for joining us. Dennis Carolina, Angelino, Caroline, uh, Coronel. I appreciate you, bro. Jeff Staple in the house. Shout out, Hype Beast.